Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome on stage our Langford Rose, Amor Niholoho. Isn't she gorgeous? Isn't she gorgeous? My hand, Colleen. It says here, Eamor, that you're a primary school teacher and something funny happened on the way home with the GAA. Is there many Irish there? Do you love ham? Fair play to you. And then I remember something and it was amazing and it was a surprise and I remember every detail but there's no point to the story. And your father loves shooting, is that right? Yes. I remember one time I found his shotgun lying on his bed and I wrapped my mouth around the muzzle. Ah... Sure, we're all going to die. And we met the gang down in Spain. It was such a crack. What a surprise. And then we listened to Ray Darcy on the internet. Did you ever put a cow through a mincing machine? Asher, stop. Come here, go away. And what are you going to do for us tonight? Assemble a table and chairs. In your own time. Welcome to Free State, everyone. Start again. (laughs) (laughs) Welcome to Free State, everybody. That's a good start. Let's just keep that in. That's a good start. Let's keep that going. uh, Fucking hell. Um, Joe, it's good to see you. I have here, I have uh, your sardines. I picked up some sardines for you. Porthos, spiced sardines in olive oil. Yeah, I used to, I used to go cycling out in, when I was out in France in Duras when I was an obsessive cyclist, which I was really? recently. Yeah, and then I just had too many crashes. <laughs> I broke my elbow. I was I was cycling along behind this girl. You know, these were very serious cyclists. I, I cycled with Fraser Duncan, who was the you know in the in the Northern Ireland Commonwealth Games team, who's, who was like a panther on the bike. I used to say, "I'm so sorry." You know, when I was going out with him, and he would say, "Oh no, no," he said, "I can go as slow as any man in the world." But we were flying one day. He used to do like maybe a hundred miles on a Saturday morning. You'd be away early, and we were flying one day. And this girl, who was due to get married a few weeks later, a car just swept past the column, took a chance, brushed against her, catapulted her up 
into a telegraph pole. She broke her shoulder. She was in agony in the ditch. It took us ages to get her out. They had to postpone the wedding. You know, and these sort of thoughtless acts of motorists here. Just take take a few seconds. But eventually, I was lying uh, up in Ballyhackamore in the middle of the road. It was lashing the rain. I'd done about 120 miles. It was the middle of the winter. The traffic had stopped all on the road because this wee Ford Fiesta had swept me. I was nearly home. And I lay there on the road. My, uh, I was cut all over and these two lads got out. I think they thought I was dead because I just decided I'm going to lie here. You know, was, that's it. And I said, are you all right, mate? you all right? started poking around me. I said, oh, yeah. <laughs> One of them nearly jumped. And they, 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 I said, just give me a minute. Just give me a minute. And that was it. Blake was thrown. Blake was thrown in his head. And, and also I think when you get to our age, Dion, you have to be much more careful about exercise. I mean, Jim will fix. I'm very careful. Jim fix the great, the American jogging guru, drop dead jogging. Just a few weeks ago, the one of the leading heart surgeons, heart doctors in Ireland, dropped dead of a heart attack while he was cycling. You know, so. Well, it's like Ronald Reagan's line about hard work. You know, he say hard work. They say hard work never killed anybody, but I, but I figure, why take the chance? And uh, it's the same. It's the same with with. I, I take that approach to you know extreme extreme fitness. Uh, you know, it's meant to be good for you, but let's let's just take it all in. In moderation, and like you, you got this. I've actually developed a taste for these spiced sardines since you put me onto them now, and I haven't had to do any of the cycling. I just went down to the little coffee shop in Dorky where we got them, Roberts and Dorky, and uh, picked them up. Um, and there they are. But you used to have these on your cycles, did you? I couldn't believe. Uh, oh yes, I, I uh, Giras. It was a wee place in Giras, and the guy had his own wine and his own wee vineyard, and he used to put out a plate in the morning. See, I arrived back after about five hours, say at 11, half 10, 11. The sun was beaming. And you were like a wolf. And you're, you're, the saliva was rushing through your mouth. And he used to set out the sweet plate of chili and sardines that he made up himself. And then a glass of red wine. Oh, I can, I can still taste it. Anyway. Um, anyway. Um, did you see the... Uh, Come on, you said first. You go. You go first. <laughs> you go first. I'm not going to say what you want me to say. I know. I know what no, you, you want said, me to I, say. Did I? Did I see what? I didn't. No, I didn't. Um, I, I'll tell you something though, and I'll, I'll I'll come into it a different way. My 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 father was from Tralee, born in Tralee, <laughs> grew up in Tralee, and the one time of the year we never went to Tralee. Do you know when that was? Yeah. Yeah. During the Rose of Tralee. Yeah. I mean, uh, we decided to stay away during the Rose of Tralee. It's, it's awful hard to know what to make of it because it's not like these ghastly sort of Texas beauty pageants. You know, it's not like, it's not like sort of Father Ted's Lovely Girls competition, really. Um, and you watch it sort of, I, I mean, I watched it a bit because the glamorous brunette was glued to it throughout. And then she has a whole network of friends. So it's like the stock exchange, you know, at the opening bell. 
the, the messages are just flying onto her phone. You're like, ding, 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 ding. Look at this one's hair. There's it's a it's a it's 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 and it's very <laughs> it's like it's like a a participation sport. And but I mean, I I almost passed out when one of the contestants said, you know, your man said, "Ho ho, what are you doing for your party piece?" And she said, "Oh, I'm going." I'm going to perform chest compressions on a doll. And I thought, like, Jesus. And so she 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 took out a doll. It was it was like a sort of a it was like, you know, the sort of a, a, a at the start of a horror movie. And she took out the doll, and then accompanied by Michael Jackson's Smooth Criminal, which is a song about a it's like there's a song about a violent stranger attack on a woman in her apartment. Like I said, and and I I looked up I looked up the lyrics here just before we started. As he came in through the window, it was the sound of a crescendo. He came into her apartment. He left the bloodstains on the carpet. She ran underneath the table. He could see she was unable, so she ran into the bedroom. She was struck down. It was her doom. Fuck me. I mean, and, and what a weird guy he was, apart from anything else. But I mean, that this is now booming out in 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 the Rose of Tralee. Okay, so let's kick the song in yeah. first. Let's go. So you're saying, okay, we have okay, a bit of Michael Jackson playing, smooth criminal, and it is because of the beat, the beat. We okay. <laughs> so so I need to do again. So I'm gonna do the progressions, and I'll guide you into the bedroom. Okay. okay. And then the young woman started counting, you know, one, two, three, four, <laughs> along with the beat pressing two fingers onto the doll's chest. And then when the song reached the chorus refrain, which is, Annie, are you okay? She stopped the compressions. And and like <laughs> and like like the Sam Maguire winning captain, she triumphantly held the doll aloft and shouted, Annie is doing fabulous. And then that girl, you know, the 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 girl Catherine Thomas who's on who's on the TV all the time. <laughs> <laughs> she she sort of started clapping and that prompted the bemused crowd to to to, to join in. And you know, I don't know if you ever saw sorry, I don't know if you ever saw David McSavage's classic skit about the Rosa Trilly where the contestant assembles a table and chairs from IKEA as her party piece. But <laughs> you say, well, what's the difference? And uh, you know, as it 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 is true, but there's something in Ireland where this where we have this completely distinctive world away from the world of commerce, away from away from sort of America and the UK, where where we have things that are all around I me. Mean, for example, I was getting a coffee this morning, and the sign up on the on the coffee van was fresh box day today. <laughs> like only in Ireland. But the thing about that is the party piece is the. Uh... Is the central thing because I I I was flicked onto the Rose Tree briefly. I was watching the World Athletics at the same time on Virgin, I think it was, and you know it was very easy to make this kind of oh here we are we're actually watching these great female athletes 
at the world of Irish female athletes at the world athletics. And then there's, you know, the, the Rosa Tralee is going on. And your instinctive thing is, why are we still holding on to this anachronistic, uh, you know, um, event? And yet, when you watch it, as you say, there is something about it where you actually think, well, don't give up these things too easily because and it is funny like when you talk about the party piece like the party piece is uh, such a central part of of irish life you know what i mean and like and again one of those things like i remember like uh we used to have um my father used my father was a huge kind of jazz fan he's real amateur jazz he had great parties in his house and about four o'clock in the morning you know, it would just be an amazing session of everybody. There was great, you know, I remember the the, the uh, soprano Caro Sullivan was there one night singing in the sitting room. She actually broke a glass. She was saying so, so, you know, blushed. but anyway, you but anyway. So but blushed, it, Dion. I mean, uh, the, the soprano Caro Sullivan was there and she sang well, I, Puccini, you know, we were watching, we watched cricket earlier in the day and we clapped the, the, we that's man. But no, but, well, no, actually, that's a, that's the point I'm going to make is, I remember there was a couple of my friends there as well uh, and they were, you know, where they were South Dublin types and <laughs> the, we were going around the room and everybody was singing and uh, well, that's, <laughs> it came yeah. to, it came, and it was lovely and it was a great, it was just a classic, everyone was doing a party piece and it wasn't, it wasn't in any way, it was a lovely, it was, everyone was there singing different songs and <laughs> It came to my two friends who uh, kind of politely said they didn't know. I'm sorry, we don't really have a we, we don't really have a party piece. And uh, my uncle, it was like, this was about three o'clock in the morning. My my uncle, who had already delivered his party piece, just stood up and looked at him and said, "I oh, would you fucking sing a song, you D four wankers." <laughs> and and you know it didn't it didn't help but that was uh but again that the party piece as the um like it is the center it is actually what people tune into the rose of tralee for it isn't all the other stuff it is what is their party piece going to be it's it's a very i mean when we were children right up to now i mean obviously we had a very different sort of household to yours ours was an irish household and um The the we were everybody like we were like the von Trapp family. Everyone had to get up and do their part. I had to play the button yeah. key accordion, and you know, Rogers played the the fiddle or the tin whistle, and everybody had to sing. Um, the house was always full of music like that. Packy O'Neill, the great Packy O'Neill, used to sing Galway Galway Bay with the tears running down his face, mm. and and uh, and so that that. Protection, if you like, against the world of commerce, against that sort of bland world that's coming for us everywhere, is still there. And after after I'd seen the lady um, successfully resusc- resuscitating the doll, um, the I, I I I really got into it and watched it very carefully. And you know. There were there were a lot of girls there, and you know, I mean, obviously, you had a whole variety, you know, people who were doctors and who were across the whole spectrum. But the interesting thing for me was how enthusiastically they embraced it, mm. and you know, I came to the conclusion watching it that that it's not something to be like. Obviously, it's hooky and. I mean, Dahi with the oh, hey, oh, 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 oh,
but the the, uh, the there is that sugary thing. But the, the way the girls themselves embraced it was very interesting. You know that they they weren't they weren't for a second thinking, well, look, this is something that demeans me or demeans women. And you know, there was a lot of it that was good crack. And mm. and I have to say, I found myself in the end uh, enjoying it. Now, like, uh, obviously, the glamorous brunettes there beside me, and it's just a hilarious sort of to and forth with their friends, and they're sending each other videos, and they're making jokes, and they're all the rest of it. But there is something very important about our Irishness and our culture, you know. And you know, my father said to me once, sitting at the Dungiven Club. We were having a pint. It was just after a real barnstorming uh, league game that we had against Balahi up on the pitch. Whenever the two teams were sort of superpowers of football in the north, and there was a huge crowd there, maybe four or five thousand people to watch a league game. And he said to me, "Son," he said, "If it wasn't for the GAA, we'd be savages like the English." And I thought of that the other day. I dropped into I dropped into Burns in Strokestown. And Francis was behind the bar and Burns. There's a grocer's at the front. You wouldn't know it's a pub. And they have a couple of pumps out the front, old, old diesel and petrol pump. And uh, I went in and you go in there and you're always, there's a cheer goes up, you know, and it's just pure Ireland. Like it's all farmers and, you know, maybe there'd be a few girls there the odd time. And the conversation... <laughs> Centered on sheep nuts. Well, you sheep probably don't, sheep nuts. You you probably don't know what sheep nuts are. You, they, they are they sheep testicles? No, no, they're 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 nuts. they're, they're feed nuts. they're feed for for sheep and lambs, and the conversation was there was an old fella saying that there was nothing better than sheep nuts to maintain to gain and maintain an erection. And the... (laughs) (laughs) So the the bar in general was nodding in agreement with that. And they were saying that, you know, um, you you couldn't beat sheep nuts for an erection. If you were going to meet a girl and you're anyway self-conscious about your performance, eat a handful of sheep nuts and and <laughs> this this was being discussed very very seriously to the extent that I started to ask questions about it, and then Francis I, I says, bet "You did." I'd say you were curious. Francis says to me, "Francis said to me, uh, who, who who runs the bar and pulls a terrific pint of Guinness." He said to me, he says, "I have a bag in here, Joe." He said, "I can sell it to you," and it was it was a twenty five kilogram bag of Super U nuts, super U nuts, gain super U nuts, 25 kilograms for 12 euro, 10 cent. Right. Now, let me just put that into context for you. I did some subs. Viagra Connect. I, I was going to ask you this. Yeah. yeah. So for a 50 milligram tablet, it's 6 euro 25. So you buy them in fours and it costs you 25 euro, right? Right. 25 kilos of sheep nuts, you know, which has the entire 
population, male population of Strokestown roaming around, <laughs> roaming around like hyenas at mating time. Anyway, 25 kilograms of Viagra would be, I worked out, 3,125,000 euro. 25 kilograms of sheep nuts, which does exactly the same job, according to the Strokestown men, is 12 euro 10. So there is an opportunity there. Do Pfizer, do Pfizer know about, like Pfizer have got a big presence in Ireland. Do they know that the, the sheep nuts are, are undercutting them this no. way in certain parts of the country? Well, actually, they... I, I contacted a friend of mine in Goldman Sachs and said, we need to get in on this. I mean, this we need to get in on this, you know. And, uh, and um, but I mean, where, 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 else, where else would you get that? I mean, uh, 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 you'd obviously have to, you'd have to do some, you know, testing on humans and that type of thing. But according to the Strokes <laughs> <laughs> it's also it's also a very substantial meal. Sheep nuts, they're full so of you're, ru- you're, they're full of roughage. You're killing, so you're killing two. So you're killing two birds with one stone. Have you tried this yet? Have you, um... <laughs> you're killing you're killing two birds with one stone. <laughs> could be a brilliant could be a brilliant catchphrase. A, gr- a brilliant sort of that could be your that could be your sort of brand logo. Kill two birds yeah. with one stone. <laughs> and I mean, but you, I mean, you look at that Viagra. Imagine, I could not believe that. Uh, I mean, the, but have you? Do you have any? Have you? Have you had any sheep nuts yet? Can you? Can you? Can you give any of your own well, testimony I, as to their hunger effects? I, like, or, like, uh, like, like Pele when Pele advertised Viagra. I don't know if you know this, but the very first they, they wanted whenever Viagra was was invented around about sort of two thousand one, two thousand two. They they decided because they felt that the impact of this was going to be so sensational that they wanted to find the most famous virile person in the world, you know, the most famous sort of symbol of, of, of masculinity and sporting excellence. And they went for Pele, you know, in many people's view, the greatest footballer that ever played, you know, three World Cups, you know, I mean, just the, the man was staggering in everything that he could achieve. But apparently also he was... Uh, a world class, a world class sort of sexual Olympian as well, and so they recruited Pele to do the Viagra. Ads, you see, and of course you had to read out a script. The problem was that Pele, as when they were filming the ad, according to the stories, he couldn't resist adding at the end. I've never had any trouble in this department. For you know, there may be many of you that have, but. I, I've never had any problem in bed, you see. I, I have never needed to use these, so I had to keep saying, look, we, look, we're going to have to do that again. You can't say this. And eventually an arrangement was reached where he would read the script. But then he was able to do interviews afterwards to say, no, look, this, I think it's a great product, but I myself, I myself have never had to use them. So like Pelly, I've never had to use sheep nuts. Well, well, I can. I actually took part in a kind of conference call with Pelle when he was promoting, uh, when he was promoting, when he was promoting Viagra, he, I was on me. one of the calls. No, and no. Th- there was an even better punchline than that, where we all, you know, a bunch of sports journalists were on a call with him. This is in the days of, you know, every just patched into a line and you couldn't see him or anything. Uh, and we're all there, and, and uh, you know, this disembodied voice of Pele comes along. We're just talking about football, <laughs> various things. And, you know, this has all been set up through the PR company, through Pfizer. So, uh, like, I think there was some uh, the intention that we would at some point, you know, talk about Viagra. 
but like we got talking about football and Pele's giving his answers about whatever it is, Roy Keane and various things. And uh, the, the conversation starts winding down and people start leaving the call. And you can say, thanks very much, Pele, real honor to speak to you. And people are just leaving the call and you hear, you know, so-and-so has left the call. And then finally, everyone keeps leaving the call and Pele's voice sort of kind of very echoey comes out. But guys, guys, you haven't asked me about erectile dysfunction. <laughs> and, uh, and then the call ended. So nobody, we didn't get to talk to Pele about erectile dysfunction. But I would, I don't know. The one thing I'd say, I think that. Bringing a whole. What were you going to say? Pele, Pele, bringing a whole new meaning to keepy uppies. <laughs> Another tagline. The only thing I'd say about that, that Joe, is that I don't think we could, like, it's all, whatever is, is, uh, char- you know, part of the Irish char- character and culture is great. But I don't think we should ever say like there's a couple of things i would never say like that you know you wouldn't get things like that anywhere else i think there's loads of countries where you would find i don't know uh, i mean i look at you know like you would find places like it and also i will say this like the idea that somehow (laughs) i think irishness and when you go back to say and i know you're 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 trying i know you think i'm armor plated and i can take anything but when you say your house was irish and mine wasn't I kind of think sometimes that Irishness is actually able to withstand a broader definition of what being Irish is. And if you're playing, if you're in a room, in a house where they're playing jazz or they're playing whatever music it is, I know you are. I I was only joking. I I mean, I think, though, that we are in danger of, of, like any society, like the UK, for example, we're in danger. In France, they cling ferociously to their culture. We've had a massive resurgence here in Ireland in the Irish language. You know, don't give it alone with three Irish language schools now. And the most important purpose of that is I have an identity. We have an identity and a culture that we will not hand over to the market. There is something that we have that is distinctive and separate from the market. And it's why I think that, you know, you look at the RTE autumn schedule announced this week, and it's depressing, you know. First of all, it's all sort of the NK management people, you know, with their glowing white, bright teeth and their sort of, you know, their their embrace of the market. Essentially, these people are human billboards now, who don't appear to have any sense of embarrassment or or or, or sort of capacity for self reflection. They're just brands. But I see that, you know, they said that the centerpiece of their autumn schedule is the boy, the lad from Boys Own, who was in Coronation Street. He's going to do a series on getting perfect teeth in Turkey. Going to Turkey to get perfect teeth. You know, and I think there's something depressing about that. You know, and and that's why that's why I think things like uh, you know the Rose of Tralee and that for all the hokey side of it, they are they are very Irish, you know, and you know, I, I do worry, like we had Roddy Collins in there recently and my Aunt Maura, who's brilliant, you know, like my Aunt Maura and my Aunt Marguerite, they're like Homer Simpson's sisters, you know, they're brilliant. They just give out about everybody. It's fantastic, you know, even with even in their earshot. But she goes to bed at night at about nine o'clock now. Her husband, Terry, died, passed away very sad last year. And she goes to bed about nine o'clock. She's full of life. She was the principal at the Prime at Dixon and Coal Island. You know, to be one of us, great, you know, tough-minded, great fun, all of that. But she goes to bed at nine o'clock. She turns on the podcast, 
And then I get a I get the critique, you see, as she's listed. But she loved Roddy Collins. She said, you know, mm. she said, in a generation's time, will we have a Roddy Collins? Will we have someone who's authentically Irish, speaking authentically? You know, you know, being brought up in a two up, two down, you know, able to able to be themselves and be fearlessly honest and to hell with what the advertisers think or the media or anything else. And and she loved all of that. She loved his she says, I'm rooting for him, you know, I hope he has a love for life, you know, and please, please mm. tell him how much I enjoyed the podcast. And I think that one of the things about the reaction to this podcast has been that 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 people are saying, look, you know, this is this is real. For you know, whatever you might think of it, it's real. And 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 there's something that's authentic about it. And I mean, you look at that whole RTE schedule and we've just become it's just become so trivial. RT has just become completely trivial. It could be, you know, what you see on 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 IT, ITV. You know, um, it's it's this idea that, and and there's a a book written by Neil Postman, amusing ourselves to death. And he said, you know, we're in a race between education. And disaster. You know, he talks about that sort of world of triviality that we're we're completely bombarded by now. You know, people's concentration span has gone from, you know, three minutes twenty years ago to twenty-two seconds now. The average concentration span is twenty-two seconds. You know, and we're in a we're in a race between proper education, thinking for ourselves. You know, exploring the facts for ourselves. And becoming enormously trivial, just empty vessels, you know. And he he concludes his masterpiece by saying, in the end, what Huxley was trying to tell us was that what afflicted the people in Brave New World was not that they were laughing instead of thinking, but that they did not know what they were laughing about and why they had stopped thinking. And, you know, you think of so much of this inane rubbish now that we have in our national broadcaster where people are laughing at things. They don't even know why they're laughing. You know, you've got these sort of family entertainment type programs all the time. And, you know, I, I just think it's becoming a national embarrassment. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, 
You have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. You know, I mean, that's why that's why you go into summer like Burns and Strokestown and you relax, you go... Oh, Jesus is great, you know, and the crack and the fun, and you're, it's just so distinctively Irish. I mean, last Saturday, the Dairy Masters, the Dairy Over 40 Gaelic footballers, uh, the GA won't sanction the Masters, okay, because they say, oh, there are insurance issues, etc. The GA has been dreadfully neglectful of the people of Ireland. If it weren't for the clubs themselves and the work that's done in the clubs to, to, to sustain our communities and to retain our ethos, you know, the GA would disappear as well into a game of sort of semi-professionalism because that's what that's what the hierarchy at Croke Park are comfortable with. You know, we see, for example, that there's a deal now with, with Live Nation, Ticketmaster, so that to give the Saudi Arabians virtual exclusivity when it comes to concerts in Croke Park. Now, on Saturday, Roxy, Ronan Rox is the manager of the dairy team, and I know all the lads, you know, they're all over 40 now. The game was played, the All-Ireland semi-final against Cork was in Swinford's magnificent community pitch. They have to play at the community pitch because you can't play at the GA pitch. But there's even a stand there. And that was, if anybody wants to understand what we stand to lose if we continue the drift towards sort of Americanism and the commercial world, they should have been at that match. I mean, it was barnstorming from start to finish. I mean, the pre-match team talk the captain Jimmy O'Connor from Glack. He 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 just puffed on one cigarette after another, and then he only he, he, he threw the he threw the cigarette over his shoulder when it came time for the team photo. <laughs> and then you know the ball's thrown up, and the two teams get stuck into each other. You know the emotion of it, the the the, the realness of it, you know, a proper contest, and. Everything about it is enjoyable and fun and uh, just reminding me of my childhood and the way Gaelic games used to be played. But, you know, I I think it it is important, but I also think there are a couple of things on that, going back to the RTE stuff, where I think the thing that won't survive is the media rather than the culture because you can see it now. Like RTE, the way it exists at the moment is it's it's dying, it's, it's... it's going to need a bailout. It's going to need all the things we talked about in the RTE episodes uh, are coming to pass because there is a disconnect between it and it's, and the public. And meanwhile, culture pops up in other places, whether it pops up in different types of media in, in, in different places, it does. And I think Irish culture is enough. Like, I, I think the one thing you always have to be careful of when you talk about things is, falling prey to nostalgia or sentimentality and the idea that things were better or are are in danger of being lost because things evolve and things change. And I agree with you about when you talk about 
the market and you talk about that that stuff that there there is a point there but i also think we should always be and this was the point i wasn't sensitive at all really the point i'm making is that we should always be confident enough that our culture is robust enough and and healthy enough that it can withstand different influences more influences should be like people coming at things from different points of view and different angles and that's the and in accommodating all sorts of people who bring different including including the english who bring different and good aspects to irish culture and ireland i know i know that see you're confusing two things you're confusing nostalgia and sense of identity and culture they're two completely separate things i mean I'm talking about the sense of who we are, you know, the sense of place, our accents that make us that make us, you know, different and that and that and that create a, a vibrant society. You know, whether you have a loud accent, you know, or Donegal and you're you know, you're up there in West Donegal and it's ne- it's almost nearly Scottish, you know. Whether you're Derry City or Belfast or Cork, you know, again, the accents are becoming Americanized. The young people are starting to use that what I call the the do you know what W O A R T E E E E E is? W O A R T E E. It's T E. That's how people now are starting to pronounce R T T E. And uh, you know, I'm currently compiling a glossary of terms, but the the idea that 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 we're being pushed all the time to conformity away from who we are and away from from our our, our natural voice. You know, and your voice is a hugely important thing because if you don't speak with your own accent, then automatically you're starting to borrow phrases from a different from a different genre instead of speaking the way you speak yourself and being self-confident enough to do that. So you go into the wee rural bars around Ireland, you know, which I love doing, and and you hear those distinctive voices, you know, whether it's whether it's Cahar Savine, you know. Or whether it's Castle Derg and West Throne. And that's the feel that I got when I was at the at the Masters game on Saturday. I cannot overestimate its importance. It was terrifically entertaining. You know, it was like the old style when the, the, the you, you won a ball in the old days. When I was playing, you won a ball, you had to brace yourself for the hit. So you were hit. You know, but you were definitely hit in one way or another, and it was hard and you you held you held your arms across your chest with the ball inside so you wouldn't be winded, and then you broke through. Then you looked up to move the ball. And like, have you ever heard of Barry McGowan's golden rules for masters, the four golden rules? No. So Barry McGowan's one of the great, for me, one of the most underrated footballers that ever played the game. You know, was was cornerback or wingback in the great Donegal team of the 90s and a nightmare to play against because he was a thoroughly modern you know, he would have been a magnificent Brazilian soccer player. You know, he's, he could play anywhere. And uh, the McGowan rules for Masters. One, no warming up. Two, no training. Three, <laughs> three, no sprinting. And four, do, four, and they always emphasize this is the most important rule, do not get injured. And, I mean, so at one stage, the, the cork, the cork, Full forward, ignored the sprinting rule, came out, pulled his hamstring. So they had to, they had to, they had to, the, 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 the cork bus driver had to be warmed up and was forced into action. And so after a quick reshuffle, 
the 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 bus driver came on, and you know now that's not to take away from the skills of so many of the great county players who were playing the ex county players. I mean, Paddy Bradley was one of Derry's great footballers. You know, he might be portly now, but he gave such a master class. You know, and then every now and again there was an altercation on the pitch, and as soon as there's an altercation in the pitch, everybody gets involved, and it's mm. just uproar. And and uh, you know the, the 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 funniest thing about the whole day was that the referee gave Derry absolutely nothing. Typical. Oh, you know, it's like it's a, it's a whole it was a whole free state job, you know. But at one stage, Paddy Bradley was dragged down by two cork men as he was cleaned through on goal, right? And the ref gave a free out. He immediately very you know pointed for, for a free out for over carrying, right? And honestly, I burst out laughing at the stand, and. Uh, the following day, I tweeted about it. I said, you know, about that. And one of the one of the Cork players, Sean Buckley, came back and he said, I can neither confirm nor deny I was one of the two Cork men involved in that incident. I can, however, confirm that listening to Enda McNulty's motivational tape on the way up did not help our cause. <laughs> <laughs> I met the referee coming out of the game and I went over and shook hands with him and I said to him, I can only assume you're opposed to the reunification of Ireland. He says, I hope you're not going to be spreading that around the place. I said, no, absolutely. That's between me and you. <laughs> but you come away after. We went to Horkins Bar in Swinford. You know, just, you go into Horkins Bar and Mrs. Horkins is there. and She has just made a sandwich for one of her old regulars who comes in. She's made a sandwich. She's, she's brought him over his cup of tea. Everybody's talking about local events. And it's It's matchless. You know, I had a pint there and drove mm. away. It was a tonic the whole day. And, you know, we have to be more confident about our Irishness, about our Monaghan-ness or our Derry-ness or our Carlo-ness. And we have, to, we have to make sure that we don't allow ourselves to be diluted into sort of mere consumers someday. You know, so that we're go- we're going around sort of supporting professional franchises that we have no link to, and there is no link to us that most probably would be owned by then by the Saudi Arabians or Saudi Arabians and the Qataris who are buying up everything. And there's something very special about about being Irish. And I see this when Americans come here, when we go out there, the way they treat us. You know, wherever we go in the world, people react to us in a particular way. When our soccer supporters go abroad, when 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 we go anywhere in the world, people react to us in a certain way, which is very very special, and I think we don't appreciate that enough, and the importance of retaining that sense of self and who we are, and that sense of culture, and being extremely proud of that, cannot I, I, cannot be underestimated. I, I I think like the the professional franchises thing and the way sport is going, whether like football at the moment is just being destroyed by uh, Saudi Arabia, and it's a kind of logical end game for it, and it's very hard. Yet I will watch it, you will watch it, everyone will watch it at the same time, and it, but it is becoming a form of of mass entertainment. And I agree with you. I think, but I think that this is a universe. This is a question that is, is is bigger than any one country. It is what you what you do with your life, how you live your life. What what are the things that matter to you, and what are the things that are important? And I was looking 
I, I saw the other day something about uh, Kurt Vonnegut, who I mentioned before when we talked about drink. Kurt Vonnegut said that AA was the greatest contribution America made to the 20th century. But there's a story I saw about Kurt Vonnegut when his wife asked him why he had to go out and buy an envelope every time he needed an envelope. Uh, and he said, she says to him, oh, she says, well, you're not a poor man, you know. Why don't you just go online and buy 100 envelopes and put them in the closet? And so I pretend not to hear her and go out to get an envelope because I'm going to have a hell of a good time in the process of buying one envelope. I meet a lot of people and see some great looking babies and a fire engine goes by and then I give them the thumbs up and I'll ask a woman what kind of dog that is. And I don't know. The moral of the story is we're here on earth to fart around. And of of course, the computers will do us out of that. And what the computer people don't realize or they don't care is we're dancing animals. You know, we love to move around and it's like we're not supposed to dance at all anymore. Yeah, it's, it's the same point in a different way. I mean, what we don't want to be and what I worry about my own kids, you know, my, my oldest boy is living in Boston now, you know, my second boy is in France, daughter's in Bristol, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, is you don't want, you don't want them to be mass-produced. You know, we don't want human beings to be mass-produced. And you know, that's why the, the, the oral traditions of the country, the oral tradition like, of, you know, going into, like if you go into the Dungiven Club after a championship match, I just revel in that. You know, I've done all the reading, all the academia, all the fancy swanky joints, all the wealthy people. I've done all that. You know, I've I've been a, I've I've had a very very privileged life, but you give me the Dungiven Club after a championship match, any day over anything else, you know, because all the people who are distinctively themselves, you know, whether they're funny or not funny, you know, the 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 conversations. I mean, I, I notice nowadays with our younger people that that one of the few things they have left to talk about that's distinctively us. Is the GA, whether it's the ladies' football or the men's football, that's distinctively us that no one else has. And you worry, you worry that without that, without that, and without these traditions of thinking, of conversation, of being yourself, you know, of, of being distinctively us, what we're going to become, you know, this very, very trivial, trivial world. And I I look at this idea that's that's happening around the world in many many places where people are attaching themselves now to these fantasy causes, you know, like anti-black, anti-Jew, anti, you know, and 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 a lot of that is insecurity that comes from having no strong sense of identity themselves and no strong sense of place and not being part of a community where people tell you to fuck up and wise yourself up. Yeah. And and that's that's what our young people have to say. You know, I mean I, I in West Belfast and places like that, for example, you have very, very, very strong sense of identity. And you've got these rappers kneecap. Yeah, it's it's and it's it's not for me, but such a strong sense of identity. You know, and and our our traditional music scene, you know, our Irish language scene, which is flourishing now. You know, and that's why I think it's such a disappointment 
and and our our punditry of Gaelic games is so important that we don't have people on with authentic voices. Like everybody, it's just mass produced now. It's like a factory, you know. And yet I go to I go to I go for a night, and you run into boys like Anthony Daly, and and Michael Dagnan, and Nitty Hughes, and, and you think to yourself, oh, geez, this is brilliant. Like if this conversation now was on the television, people would be saying, mm. oh my god. This is what we want to hear discussed. But, you know, but, that, but that applies to what we talked about. Yes, but it's a lack of self-confidence. I mean, whenever I, was in, whenever I was in RTE, right, and towards the end, when it was becoming pretty clear that this was the end, um, Declan McBennett gave us a circular that he put together about he wanted us to be like Sky Sports and what they did and how they did it and how they approached games and how they use statistics, and that's what he wanted us to be. And I said, I said, I said, and he talked about how good Jamie Carr was, etc. I said, is that the boy that spat over the young girl's face who rolled down the window of his Range Rover and spat in her face because she had said some words about supporting another team and critical of Liverpool? Now, that was the end of the meeting. It was probably also the end of my time there. But the point being, the point being we're handing these precious things over to the market because we want to copy England. Who the fuck is copying England nowadays? Jesus Christ, people people are running in the opposite direction. But the point about that is it's not even copying, it's copying a a certain version of, uh, a very narrow version. It's like like copying the version of England that also does all the bad things that England has done. And Sky have actually gone the other way. Sky now, at its best, has keen and and Jamie Carragher, who's very good, and Gary Neville talking and and disagreeing and having arguments about football. They're not using stats. They're not. Aye, doing that. They're within, doing within within the limitations of discussions about soccer and that culture. I mean, like the crack the crack that we the crack that we have in Gaelic games, the crack that's around our lifestyles and culture and and the GA clubs and all of that. That is that is something absolutely unique, and nobody's talking about it. No, I know. And look, we want to spread it out from RTE, but the RTE football panel had that one. Actually, I mean, in general. I mean, in general, you know. Yeah, yeah. But everybody has, to sound, about- everybody has to sound a certain way now. Everybody has to speak with the, you know, the, the war TE stuff. You're not going to be a presenter anymore unless you're doing the war TEs. Uh, and you're just, hey, you know, as I mean, hey, Dave and Dermo here. You know, what did you have for breakfast? Do you have Weetabix? Who's still eating Weetabix? <laughs> so, oh, oh I, I had toast this morning with marmalade. I mean, who eats Weetabix anymore? <laughs> oh, fucking kill me now. Like, please, please put me out of my misery. Has somebody got a fucking tranquilizer gun that could fucking shoot into me? Because I, I, I'm, I'm depressed at how I sound. You know, what the hell has happened to me as a human being that I'm asking people, what, hey, 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 hey. So, you know, you're going out in the first date. If you're going out in the first date, you know, what sort of aftershave do you like to wear? Text us at 447 Oh, jeez. You're very, Christ. very good at that. You're very good at that. Now you've, de- now you've depressed me. Let's, let's, when ra- we let's, sat, ra- let's wrap this up. Honestly, well, I want to finish on this because I think when we sat in... in uh, you know, I think I think we can have an Ireland that has all the best aspects of Ireland, like the GEA and you know, uh, uh, football, everything. The sport sport is so central in whatever it is to Irish people's lives. I think that's that's a key thing. Like it's just an amazing thing how central it is uh, 
But when we sat in Dorky, just after we had the spiced sardines, I think we have an Ireland where we have the GA and we can get spiced sardines as well, Joe. That's the that's the that's the thing. But what did you say when we sat there that day and you looked at a, a place like that that was not a traditional wasn't a traditional GA uh, uh, community, and you looked around and you saw all these cooler jerseys, and you couldn't believe it. It is. It is. It, it was striking for me to sit there in what felt like, you know, um, somewhere like Nantucket or, you know, a very a very well to do part of southern France, and the Dublin jerseys and the Kula jerseys everywhere, and all of that. But I, I don't make any. I, I don't make any criticism of that. Those are such important things because, of course, the building block of community is I know you and you know me, and you build that up very quickly through a GA club. I mean, St. Bridget's GA club, when we founded 20 years ago in South Belfast, and uh, Bob, because South Belfast is a very, very posh area like Docky, and it had been a wasteland for Gaelic Games. And in the first year of our existence, we got to the junior final with a hodgepodge of really old lads, you know, I mean, like whenever, whenever I, I played for St. Bridget's Alton, I was 43, and we went from junior, intermediate, senior. But at the very start, when boys like myself and Eunan Conway and that were playing, you had sort of boys in their, boys in their late 30s, 40s, with 17-year-olds on the team. But we get to the junior final in our first year, and the Malone Road was awash with yellow and blue flags, awash, like the 12th of July, you know, in the village. And... Bob McCartney, the famous Blood and Thunder um, orange man and uh, and very famous barrister from the Shankill Road, he came up with the immortal line, Chucky our la de da de da. <laughs> Joe, I think we've uh, we've got a vision for a, for the, a future harmonious island. Uh, thanks everyone for listening, and we'll see you again next week. The sun was declining beneath the blue sea when I strayed with my love to the crystal fountain that stands in the beautiful veil of trolley. She was lovely.
Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.